You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. And welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am your host, Tim Capper, along with Cliffy D. Hey, Cliff, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, doing good. It's a nice uh, nice summery evening and uh, ready to talk some damn football. It would be nice if it could be a... Because I know it's, it's a very different year, obviously, with COVID and all the protocols that are happening for training camp. So it's... Not only is it a different type of year for football, but it's also a very different type of training camp. And... While the Alouettes and based on the, you know, the Quebec protocols have in you know, the CFL protocols, it seems that very few fans, even though they are being told how to watch <laughs> camp, which we'll get into. Yeah. Um, it's not the norm because usually you yourself would be spending, you know, either a week or at least the weekends or whatever sitting in the stands and watching training camp, you know, because obviously mm-hmm. with you doing with us doing this and the and your uh, alternative blog, you really you have we really haven't had much to go on except what we're told in the press releases and uh, the stories that are put up by the owls and uh, what we're hearing from others on social media. Yeah, I mean, information, unfortunately, is just trickling out of camp like it's not flooding out. I mean, and. Yeah, I have to admit it's it's been kind of uh, it's been different. That's for sure. I mean, like, yeah, you're right. Like normally at camp weekends, you would pretty much find me there, front and center, basically, mm-hmm. and that just hasn't happened because spectators were not allowed at uh, at training camp this year because training camp isn't being held at Percival Molson Stadium. It's being held at Olympic Stadium, the, the field in between uh, the state, the Olympic Stadium and Stade Saputo, unless there were, well, uh, except for the days when they're inside yeah. Olympic Stadium. And all of that's closed off essentially to the fans, except for there is like one small sort of area you can stand in and kind of peek in at camp. But even that's like very limited as well. So it's, it's, it's made for, a, it's, it's, it's been very difficult, let's put it that way, to really get that same vibe that we've had in years past. And again, I understand that this is a very different year because of the circumstances that we're facing with COVID-19 and that, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating to, to, to witness and be a part of. So I, I, I'm really hoping it's just for this year because it's tough. It oh, makes man. it really, really tough to get, even get excited truly about football this year. I, I agree. And, 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 you know, with no preseason games and, and uh, not being allowed to go on the field after the games this year, and it's it's going to be really really weird. Um, but we'll continue here. And before we before we uh, continue, Cliff, want to at least mention some stuff that we had. We've already announced it on social media, but we at least we want to mention it here to to you, uh, our listeners who may have not seen it on social. Um, we have been we've announced, and we're lucky to have been able to partner. With, I would, you know, the name, the name references a Montreal icon, in my opinion, in my opinion. I don't know what you think about that, but um, starting in the month of August, we have partnered with Sport Buff. Uh, as I said, it if you know, if you knew the uh, the uh, the Alexis Neon Mall, and you're around hanging around there in the forum. Uh, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, if I remember correctly. Then you'll remember Chris and Gary over at Sport Buff. Uh, the, it was, you know, it, it's like what basically everything's become online now. It's, it was a sports store that sold sports merchandise. And I remember hanging out there way too much. So um, <laughs> we're happy to have partnered with them. They will be our presenting sponsor for the podcast uh, at least uh, into August. And we're hoping that uh, we have uh, able to ex- extend our partnership beyond that. But stay tuned because they have um, 
they have given us a, a few item Alowitz merchandise that we will be giving away. Um, it's the stuff that they have on their site. It's not. It's, it's nothing that I have seen anywhere. It's not on the Alowitz boutique site at all. But um, I'm just proud that we've been able to uh, partner with them. And as I said, I hope it. Uh, I hope it uh, goes from there. Absolutely, it's it's always very exciting to be able to work with. Uh companies that want to see us grow and flourish. And if we can help others grow and flourish as well, of course, so much the better. Uh, to me, I, I'm excited to see what where this partnership can go. Uh, like I said, the, the merchandise, if you haven't seen it yet on, on their website, wow, they've got some great stuff, especially Alouette stuff, folks. So, I mean, I mean, we're always going to say, you know, encourage uh, the Alouette's Boutique 100%, but uh, you know what? Don't be afraid to check out other sources as well. And tell you what, Sports Buff def- definitely has some really cool stuff, really cool Alouette stuff. So by all means, check them out. Uh, once again, really excited to be able to partner up with them for the month of August. And uh, really hope that you fans, too, will get a chance to appreciate it as well. Because the, the merch that we'll be giving away as well looks pretty sweet. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you want to head over there now, by all means, go ahead. Head over to sportbuffshop.com. Uh, even though we're early, we felt that they deserve a little bit of a a little bit a bit of a plug a plug ski. So uh, yeah, give them give, give some props. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, and also just just for my sake, if anybody saw it on social too, I at least want to give a thanks because it's something that Cliff and I have been having worked on for a little while. Um, no sponsor. This is just a thanks to uh, Canadian Custom Apparel. Uh, they're out of Toronto. Um, they were able to, I was able to work with them and get us some sweet official flight deck polos, uh, soon to be seen in, in stadium. Uh, but thanks to the guys there and I, they did a, they did an amazing job and, uh, I'll be proud to wear them. So, yeah. And if, uh, somehow we can use those and get, get ourselves into a media scrum or two, if that, if that ever becomes a thing again with, uh, Unfortunately, all the uh, media scrums nowadays seem to be all based on Zoom. But yeah. uh, if we ever get a chance to be live in front of a camera again, you better believe we'll be there representing as much as possible with those beautiful polo shirts. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I mean, I know you. We reached out to the team because initially, we you and I wanted to be able to uh, to be able to go into go into stadium uh, and see the see you know practice whenever we could because it, as i said it's it's quite different because usually you were there i think it was god usually you're you yourself you're there for a week in between victoria day and i think the week after victoria day if i remember correctly that's, that's what that's, that's what usually your yearly thing is if i remember correctly and obviously it being later on this year and with all the pandemic stuff and all the protocols in place we were still trying to be able to see if we could get in there um, but after reaching out to the team, Cliff, and from what the information that you were given, um, they gave you a little bit more of an explanation on why specifically fans are not allowed to, to watch the team this year from, uh, I guess from the stands over at the Olympic stadium. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with, especially too, when you compare it to other teams, because the first thing you're going to say is, well, Saskatchewan had fans in their stands uh, over the weekend, and they're going to be doing a scrimmage game. Hamilton apparently is going to be doing a, a scrimmage game as well and allowing fans in the stands as well. This is true. They are doing that. However, and the clarity I got regarding this issue is because of the fact that they're having tra- these teams are having training camp in their actual stadium, uh, whereas the Alouettes are not. The Alouettes... The, the practice field that they're on right now is currently at a field level. They're not. It's not a separate part. Like there's no actual grandstands or anything like that to be a part of that's open to the public, so that they can actually sit and watch versus like going to say TD Place or Mosaic Stadium and sitting far, far away, but still in the stands and still being able to see everything. Mm-hmm. So there is that. That's how it was explained to me as far as the differences goes. And again, it's all part of the CFL's safety protocols which again it, it's i guess kind of left open to interpretation i don't know if that means if practice was actually being held at Olymp- uh personal molson stadium as it was the the past couple of years if that would have changed anything it's really hard to say i think also like there's so many logistics involved to it so i i understand to a degree why fans are they're not unwelcome but the the little location where they're able to 
sit and watch practice from unfortunately just doesn't lend to being able to see everything so that's why you're not going to get the whole experience as opposed to say if you were sitting at mosaic stadium or tim hortons field or i think it's even uh, td place too in ottawa yeah are also supposed to be allowing fans in the stands as well this weekend so it's it's a it's tough it's definitely uh not the ideal circumstances and once again it i really truly hope it's just for this year that this is happening because as far as I'm concerned, even just like even if we couldn't go and meet the players afterwards or, you know, you can't congregate in groups of 10 plus or something, whatever the rules would be. I mean, if, if you were to at least give the fans a chance to attend, even if you had to be spaced out entirely with that, I think I want to believe that pe- there's enough interest that people would go and want to participate in it. But that just seems to be the situation right now. It's it's tough. Uh, there's just no other way to describe it, because, as I've said, it makes it very difficult to not be able to see things as they happen. Like, yes, you do get the the reports every day from training camp from the team, but it doesn't quite cover everything. And also too, like what I'd be looking for may not necessarily be what the, the guy next to me is seeing as well, or the media guys from yellow will mark down certain, certain instances and certain things that have happened, but we could have missed something else entirely. I mean, there's, there's, there's a whole lot of things. And I know you, you do the best you can with what you got. That's pretty much how you have to do things nowadays. But again, it just comes down to, I I understand the frustration for a lot of fans when they see other teams seemingly being allowed to do the things that we can't seem to be able to do as Alouette's fans and supporters. But once again, I, I, I just hope it's only for this year and come next year, everything will be, I guess, as close to back to normal as possible. But it definitely does make for a very challenging situation for everybody involved. Now, you actually brought up a very good question. I mean, for, first and foremost, I, I I wouldn't care if I was sitting out there even just for a little bit. I understand, as you said, it's it's not the best location because I do remember seeing it when we were there a couple of years back. Um, but you, you bring up a, a good point about uh, fans being allowed in stands to watch scrimmages. And, and, and hell, it looks like even some of them are charging for it. Or, or giving away tickets. I don't know what they're doing. I think I think Saskatchewan's charging $5 to get into the stadium. Uh, I don't know what they're doing in Hamilton, but supposedly all those tickets are gone. But Yeah, I think I think the, the way, especially to in Ontario, where, like as I said, uh, Hamilton and Ottawa are having these practices with tickets. I think the ticket part is just a, a legal thing for crowd control purposes. Okay. And I, I don't know if they're charging for it or not. And I think if there is any charge, it's going to charity. At least I would hope it would be going to charity because, I would hope so, yeah. you know, like, to me that 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 would be a good thing to do. I mean, if you get if you have to charge for something like this, I mean, I, I tr- truly here in Montreal, I don't think it would, it would ever truly fly. But uh, if you paint it as far as a charity goes, then it kind of makes it a little bit easier. But yeah, yeah. If, I, any, if anything, it would be a good way to gauge actual fan interest in something like that because there are times too where I'm, I'm sure the team has wondered like, do people even really care? And as I said. Yes, people do care. Maybe not th- you're not going to get thousands of people wanting to go see practice, but or a training camp session. But there definitely is interest. So I mean, if you've got people that are interested in seeing training camp sessions, by all means, let them. I, I don't see what what harm can come of it. I never have, and I never will. And as far as these uh, scrimmages, I mean, to me, that's with with there being no preseason games, like this is truly the best way to see as close to actual. CFL action as possible until yeah. the season gets underway. So to me, it would behoove every team to allow their fans to go to the actual, their actual st- home stadium and watch these scrimmages, especially too, if you're trying to replicate as much of the CFL game experience as possible, like say playing under the lights, having referees there so on and so forth. To me, I, I would want to have, even if it's just like a hundred fans show up or, you know, a thousand fans, show up and watch these scrimmages I, I to me if i'm if i'm the team i would want that i would want that just to gauge just how much actual true interest there is i agree and that's why because when the original schedule came up for for pre for the preseason excuse me for for training camp two scrimmages were announced and one coming up this week on the 24th and it was initially listed as being at percival molson under the lights Mm-hmm. And I, I don't understand 
it, it plays into exactly what the response was from Charles over in the media department. They're going to be in stadium. They can control crowds. You could charge $5 that would go towards the Alouettes Foundation. Uh, I, I, I just don't get it. With the, with the allotted numbers for the Canadians indoors at 3,500, and with these new things that are coming out recently, I mean, no, these are farther down the line that I think are close to the Alouette season with the, uh, with the, the test concerts indoors and out for Quebec. I think one's 5,000 inside and the other one's going to be 20, I think, up in Quebec City, if I remember correctly. Okay. As tests, they're, they're tests, and they're being paid for by the government to see how it works. I guess with the, you know they look at vaccinations and, and et cetera, et cetera. Right. I don't under. I just don't understand why the Alouettes are unable or unwilling to open up the stadium to the sta- to the fans to watch, especially if it is going to be at seven thirty, potentially under the lights. Why the team will not? Uh, why the team won't? I, I, is it because they have to pay for security? Maybe. Maybe they don't want to pay. Maybe they don't want to pay for security. That it's possible. I mean, there's not going to be any. The last time, okay, the last time, Cliff, that I remember, besides them holding training camp, there was hardly anybody at training camp. And wait a minute, what am I? What am I thinking about? Besides, the, you know, the last couple of years, and then when they had, when Jim Pop had them had a scrimmage at Percival Molson, they didn't have any security. They didn't need to have security. So I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand what the team is thinking. I, I don't, and I'm sure it's a question that we should have asked considering that all these other teams are doing this, even as open as they are in Alberta and, and Saskatchewan. They're still trying to be careful. They're capping it in Hamilton. Right. And again, I, I think that's really what it comes down to is every province has different regulations of what's considered acceptable and not acceptable. And maybe the Alouettes are just erring on the side of caution, which I can understand. I can I can get that to a degree and like i say it does it doesn't make it any less frustrating or concerning i'll I'll use as a term to explain why the fans can't go to personal molson and watch the team participate in a scrimmage but yeah like i said it yeah i I mean i I wish we had better answers but and maybe we just didn't ask the right questions It's, it's hard to say i mean we all we could do is just hope and pray that this truly is a one time thing and you know, hopefully in May 2022, we'll be back to normal. We'll be back to being able to, you know, sit in the stands, regardless of where training camp's going to be held, be able to sit in stands and see the action live and talk to players afterwards and so on and so forth. I, I really hope it gets back to that sooner rather than And I, again, much like the fact that the Alouettes lost their Thanksgiving game in 2019. I'm hoping that's just like, just like that was just a blip on the radar. I'm yeah. really hoping that this year is a similar, a, a similar circumstance to that. I, hey, I'll take a great cup championship in a blip. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I would too. <laughs> I'm just reading things here. I mean, the, the game, you know, the opera, the opening game in, in Saskatchewan, they're not, they're not asking if you're vaccinated. It looks like they're not allowing for masks. And a microbiologist said that if you, uh, uh, if you're don't if you're unsure, don't go. Mm-hmm. That that's the thing, and I think in Quebec it may be slightly different. Where I think masks. Okay, here's a question, and I know we're transitioning, but it's sort of the same thing here, Cliff. A home opener comes about, mm-hmm. and let's say the Quebec government has dropped the mask mandate. I don't think they will, by the way, but it seems to be that Quebec seems to be slightly different than a lot of other the provinces. Um, based on the reopening in the other pro- uh, Western provinces, mm-hmm. would you still wear a mask I if the mask would. mandate had been has been dropped? I probably would. Yeah, uh, it's just one of those because again, because again, 
even if you're fully vaccinated, which I believe we now are, you and I. Yes. I, 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 I can tell you the three people in our row, the first three people that are you and I are back to back to back now that you are. Hey, you're now a seatmate, by the way, which we're going to talk about a couple seconds here. Yeah, yeah. We're all vaccinated. Yeah. So. Uh, but again, even if you're fully vaccinated, you still can get COVID. Yes. So even I mean, at that five to ten percent, whatever it is you've taken, depending on what you've taken, I'm just basing it off of what the stats for Pfizer. But anyways, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I mean it, it's still a possibility. But and again, wearing a mask too isn't one hundred percent either. But you figure if you're fully vaccinated and you're wearing a mask, you have a much better chance of not getting anything mm-hmm. as opposed to getting to getting it. So I mean, like you know what? For what it's worth, like. I would look at that, just look at that, and I'm like, you know what? It doesn't bother me. Like, if you told me I had to wear a mask, fine. Tell me I don't have to wear a mask, you know what? I may still do so, just to be on the safe side. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things, like, it's really not that much of an inconvenience. I mean, no, really, it's not. truly. No, it is not. And I think it just goes to show with, with Quebec, they seem, as I said before, they seem to be there being a little bit more careful. Um. I would expect masks and I would expect the because if they're only talking a 5,000 inside and a test 5,000 inside and 20,000 outside. And this is, I think, is in August, as I said. Yeah, we're still going to be I think we're going to be at at maximum will be 5,000 people in the stadium, which I'm fine with it. I'm fine with. Yep. Well, but anyway, and if you again, I understand the Gallowets are now wanting to promote like you know now they're starting looking towards uh selling like single game seats yeah who has so far in the, in the cfl well they all have but they all have but us yeah because i hadn't seen it for toronto I, I i've seen it for obviously i've seen it for winnipeg saskatchewan uh i had not seen single six single game seats for edmonton but, but mind you they're trying to get thirty five thousand plus well, and that's how you get thirty five thousand pluses. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. Just, I don't think they have thirty five thousand season ticket holders. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what they've done for Calgary, and I don't know what they're doing for BC. But now BC said they're capping it at twelve five. Okay, so that's believable. That, and they, but also too, they play indoors as well. Technically, technically they do. They're, they're more indoors than any of us are. Yeah, and I don't know. And I think at the last time I heard, I think Ottawa was only going twelve. Well, also to Ottawa's well, Ottawa could go up to fifteen with the current regulations. Yeah. But don't forget too, Ottawa also has only the south side stands open. What do you mean? So that like the south uh, south side stadium uh, uh, stands for what I think the north north side is being undergo- undergoing some heavy renovations. If I'm understanding correctly, no, and, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about, and that's. That's based off of a report saying that it's the, that the, those stands are end of life, but I don't think anything's been done. It wouldn't be done that it wouldn't be done now. So there, well, it, it'll still be on both sides. I guess we'll see. I know that, like, as I said, they're they are having a scrimmage with uh, with fans being able to attend, and everybody's going to be sitting on the south well, side. That, well, okay, that I can understand because they can control. That's right. control. But I think for the opener, I think through the stadium, in order to have 12-5 and to be able to space it out or whatever it is, it'll be both sides. Because remember that place holds, that holds 25. Yes, it does. So anyways, we'll, any more information that comes across, I would hope that the Alouettes would open up the scrimmage and open up the gates. Even if it's just a single gate where you have to go in through um, uh, the entrance at Pine and help me here, Cliff. <laughs> And Dylan Motang. Thank you. No, no, no. Or oh, not no, Dylan no. Motang. Uh, that the main entrance. Park. What do they consider the main? Yeah, park. Thank you. At that one entrance. Hey, maybe the government can do the test on the on the vaccine passports. <laughs> I Ooh. don't know. Yeah. Why? Why not? I, it would be nice to be able to go into the stadium. But I said, well, stay tuned to our social media for more for more information as it becomes available. And you know what? It wouldn't be the first time, Tim, that we've had, uh, you know, we, we talk about something on the show and then lo and behold, the exact opposite happens the day the day after. So, yeah, here's how maybe this is one of the things we have to sort of speak it into existence. Like, 
oh, they'll never do that. Lo and behold, they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe they're thinking, I don't know, with the amount of people that, that maybe they won't be. Anyways, well, well it's, stay tuned. Stay that's, tuned to social that, media. That's uh, all you can do is just yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. Before we get to the, to the rosters, talking about the rosters and stuff like that and our thoughts about the, the current uh, players that have been released and who have been placed on, on injured reserve or, or is it at the injured list? What's the difference between us? Because is it Major League Baseball now in the injured list, not the well, injured reserve? Well, it used to be disabled list. Yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. that's. I guess maybe that's considered too edgy a term. So oh, maybe I that's. Oh, I don't know. I, I never even thought about that. Uh, all of a sudden, I remember saying, it's like, "Okay, it's not the injured list." Um, but yeah, before we talk, get to that, as I hinted at before, uh, there's there is something. There's going to be something different about. Uh, this uh, this Cliffy D. Pine this year, um, he's not going to be bound. No siree. He's not going to be bound by that that three, five, six game flex package, is he? No, sir. No, I've. Uh, it, it's now officially official that you and I are going to be bunkmates. Or seatmates, however you want to phrase it, but because uh, now I am one hundred percent officially a season ticket holder. Mm. Uh, before, due to circumstances, I couldn't quite make the full commitment to season. Even though I ended up at every game, I still couldn't quite to make the the commitment for any number of reasons. And now, this with circumstances being what they are, when I was basically told that if you want to be guaranteed to see to be able to get into the stadium to see the games you're pretty much going to have to be a season ticket holder. It's like, well, you know what? It's just, to me, it's not worth trying to scramble or dealing with any of the other nonsense that sort of comes with trying to secure your tickets and everything like that. I said, you know what? Let's just, let's just go ahead and let's, let's make that commitment and make it happen because I will not, under any circumstances, miss any football this year. That yeah. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, explain for those of, of those fans who may be on the fence. I don't know if you were given any... Um, if you're given any news from Benjamin, who is our ticket guy, by the way, um, when it came to the difference, is there a difference between being a season ticket holder versus being a flex packs a flex pack holder? Well, a flex pack is just that. It definitely gives you the flexibility to choose which games you'd be able to attend and not attend. Uh, as I said, for myself, I'd be at the games no matter what. But yeah, but, but I'm example, saying, did, like, you, if you, if, did he give a you, difference? As if for anybody who's on the fence, who's saying, I don't know if I want to be a flex pack holder because I, I can't buy, you know, I can't buy single game seats right now. Or and, and do I want to become a season ticket holder? Not necessarily where you're located because there are different prices around the stadium. But mm-hmm. were you given any? I'm, I'm just asking because you and I haven't talked about this yet. Were you given any any pros and cons? Obviously, we know what the pros are. To being a season ticket holder, were there any any pros or cons given for to, for being a flex pack holder versus a season ticket holder? Well, the biggest con would be the fact that uh, as as at the time it's always it's since it's since recently changed, but uh, there was actually going to be any flex packs being done this year because of just with the schedule of going down to seven home games uh, with you know any of the. The way the things were done traditionally weren't; it just wasn't going to happen this year. Right. That was the initial report that I was given as far as whether or not do I make the commitment or do I just keep going the flex pack route, which has always worked for me. But yeah. this year, be, with circumstances being what they are, and with no guarantees other than to season ticket holders, uh, I mean that kind of that's kind of what made the decision a lot easier for me because, as I said, I, I do not want to miss any football games yeah. and pretty much being guaranteed that. As a season ticket holder, you will not you will be allowed in the stadium. That to me was sort of the, I guess that was sort of the icing on the cake, like just a, that guarantee of knowing that I'd be there. To me, that's what the important part because, as I said, I do not want to miss any live football games. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And obviously, I mean, yeah, I, mean I mean, I don't, I don't have to tell you, especially of like the benefits of being a season ticket holder. But oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like especially for other fans who are wondering whether or not they should make the commitment or not, and. My understanding is there's still quite a bit of space available if you want to do that. And of course, as the government regulations change and more and more fans are going to be allowed inside the stadium and all that, I mean, yes, eventually single game seats will go on sale. They're, you know, 
not everybody can make that commitment, unfortunately, and I understand. But I, I think if you if you really truly care about your football team and really want them to succeed, truly the best way to to show your support and to show how committed you are to the team is to go ahead and take that plunge and become a season ticket holder. Right. So to me, like that's really what it came down to is in order for us to be able to provide you listeners with the best possible experience, we got to be at the games and. I've made it clear in the past, like I will not miss Alwood's football games under any circumstances. Yeah. So the, the, to me, that that was the like when you pretty much tell me like, okay, the best way to do it and to guarantee that you'll be able to do it is to go ahead and make that commitment. Then I'll make that commitment. I mean, it just to me, it just made the most logical sense. And when I found out that you and I can actually sit together, like we're we, as as far as I'm concerned, as we should be. That's a flukage, man. That's total flukage. <laughs> Well, hey, hey, listen, sometimes the stars align, man, and that's the way it works. Worked, and believe me, I wasn't going to say no. I'm were you looking least... anywhere else at first, or was that was that told? Because obviously, with Benjamin being my season ticket guy, had you looked at any place else? I mean, had you had you been willing to spend more? Had you been? I know you. I know you're willing to spend less um, to get season tickets, but it was was that our row the first option that was given to you? Well, it was it was the, the most logical choice. I mean, like I've again, I've been in that section too for a couple of years, and yeah. you know, like I've sat in, in different rows and all that. You know, so at least I, I I know that section pretty well. So to me, like that's I'm I'm happy enough with it. Just the fact that you're there just makes it even easier. Yeah, it's like it's just like I said it was just you know, like I said, serendipity as far as I'm concerned, as far as you know, being able to get the seat right next to you, so that that's cool. Like I said, knowing that we'll be able to watch the games together, we can compare notes and react and everything like that the way we should be as far as i'm concerned yeah to me it was a, it was a no-brainer cool 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 well, welcome welcome uh, welcome officially permanently to section y1 so well, that's it that's like i said and rain or shine we're covered literally so <laughs> literally literally i still miss the days of it being open uh that whenever those p- pictures pop up every year on my Facebook account, when I went over to the stadium when it was being, um, when it was being renovated to add the upper deck, you know, it was like ah, oh, you know, because some of the newer fans these days may not even remember what Percival. Th- this is what Percival Molson is to them. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. No, that's again. This is how memories are made, though, right? Like this yep. is how you 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 learn how to be a football fan. It's just by going to the games, and yeah, like I said, you've been doing it now for twenty five years, and I, I I think it'd be very easy for you to sell season tickets to just about anybody. I think, but yeah, uh, yeah, it all comes down to like I said, just being there. And to me, that's what's the most important thing. Considering we didn't have football at all last year. There was no way, like, it, if we were to go without football again this year, I'd say, I, I've said on numerous occasions that that would essentially be the death of the CFL as mm-hmm. we know it. And I, I just can't, I can't abide by that. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's what it takes to ensure that things keep on going, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. And I know that's a sacrifice you've been willing to make. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we head off and talk about the, the, the rosters and, and what we've seen in training camp, what we've heard in training camp, rather. I uh, just want to remind everybody that the best place to to go if you want to hear the archives for all the Alouette's Flight Deck podcasts, you can head over to alouettesflightdeck.ca or you can check most, if not any, of the uh, podcast aggregates that are out there. Um, but as I said, different places. I mean, iHeart's one of the bigger ones that we're on. I think Link, uh, what is it? Uh, TuneIn, we're on that one. Um, also, don't forget that we've recently launched our youtube page where we will have some uh the the shows themselves in full and also some ep uh some interviews from previous episodes going back the full length of the six years uh as a little snippet so don't forget those um also don't forget to check out our, our instagram account um that's at alouette's flight deck uh also obviously uh twitter and facebook um so we're talking about the rosters and something that we had talked about 
on not last episode, not the John Bowman episode, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to, it's well worth the hour and a half. Uh, was the episode prior when we talked about Quan Bray and the issue that he was having getting into Canada. Well, lo and behold, <laughs> he's in. <laughs> he's in. As of the 13th, he was able to report to the team. And it seemed, you know, did it did what he needed to do with his uh, quarantine. And he's been out on the field. And from what we've seen and what, uh, well, sorry, again, it's such a, <laughs> what we've heard yeah. is that he's doing quite well. He seems to be making the most of his second chance. Um, but from what you have read, Cliff, and what you've seen from others in social media and reading, you know, whether it be Herb or whether it be uh, Herb Zerkowski or, or the others, whether, you know, uh, uh, Didier over at RDS or, or the others, what um, what have you taken away so far? Well, that's the thing. And I really hate going by other people's accounts of things because, as I said, I see things a certain way and it may not be necessarily in line with what other members of the media see. So I I, I really dislike the idea of having to rely on other people to tell me what's going on. But, again, that's the situation we're in. You, As I said, you, you, you make it work. <laughs> so that's yeah. what we're going to try and do. Uh, the one thing that seems to be pretty clear across the board, though, is Richard Ross – who is a former XFL player, a uh, former NFL player. He has had himself a pretty spectacular camp so far, uh, which is funny because again, the Alouettes definitely have no shortage of wide receivers, but uh, so in, in order to even get a mention, I, I would say nowadays would be, is pretty impressive. So he's having himself a pretty excellent camp uh, talking about receivers. And we talked about him during the last episode uh, or, or last live episode, so to speak was uh, Rashad Simonize. Uh, he too, he's been in tough as far as trying to compete for that uh, national receiver spot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got Kion Julian Grant, who seems to be the front runner so far. Uh, we know what Chris Osei can do as well, but uh, Simonize apparently has been holding his own very well. And I think it's going to make life very difficult as far as the fact that he's a, a national receiver. So, I mean, that's ratio breaking right there. He may, he may end up getting the, the nod over Con Julian Grant just because he's got the experience already. But uh, it's very exciting to see just how competitive these receivers have been in camp so far. Uh, we, we know exactly what William Stanback can do. He's he's just been balling out. Uh, uh, I, I found it very interesting that uh, was it Cameron Artist Payne and uh, Jess One Antwi uh, both are also having very phenomenal camps as well. Uh, again, as far as the the backfield goes for the Alouettes, we know what William Sandback can bring. And the big concern, especially since James Wilder Jr., who was with the Alouettes in 2020, never got to see the field as an Alouette, and now is in Edmonton. We were wondering, okay, just what was going to happen as far as the running back situation goes here in Montreal. Getting Sandback back was a huge help. At least that, that question got answered pretty quickly, but who's going to back him up? And with those two guys, uh, Artis Payne and Antwi, competing for reps. Uh, I think it's going to make for a very interesting backfield for the Alouettes come 2021. So I'm really curious to see how that all plays out. Uh, to me so far, the most interesting battle seems to have been with the kicking position. Yeah. And interesting in the sense that uh, it, it seemed like it was Tyler Kropinia's job to lose as far as being the kicker for the Alouettes, considering he was traded for Boris Bidet or B B Boris Bidet was traded to the Argos in exchange for Kropinia. Right. And then Tyler Caprinia this past Sunday ends up being released by the Alouettes. Uh-huh. So that tells me that uh, the other kickers that are in camp, and that would be Felix Menard-Briere, David Cote, who was a 2021 draft pick by the Alouettes this year, and Matt Mangle, have all been having pretty outstanding camps. If they can look at a, an experienced guy like Caprinia and say, you know what, thanks, but no thanks. Even though you traded a, a fairly valuable asset in Boris Bidet to get his services, it tells me these other three kickers are they they got to be balling out too. So again, without there's not a whole there hasn't aside from Kripinga being released, there hasn't really been a whole lot of kicker news as far as what the Alouettes are doing. But it sounds to me like those three the three kickers that I mentioned, I think it's going to be a dogfight to see who's going to end up and will they end up going with two kickers now I was this year? Just about to say that are they would they go with two kickers? Which well, wow, when was the last time the Alouette? 
when was the last time the Alouettes went with two kickers? Gosh, I have. If I'm ever, trying. I mean, at least since the rebirth in '96. I'm sure it's happened, but it's it's so rare. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, gosh, uh, it seems like to be uh, to be considered a kicker for the Alouettes, you have to be able to kick and punt. I, yeah. I, I I struggle to remember of a time where they had both a kicker and a punter on the roster, and even to the point of trying to make sure you had a national kicker that could do both, so that you only have like you know you're only occupying one roster spot. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, like that was a Jim Pop uh, specialty among others was <laughs> making sure the kicker can do double duty so that you can have that roster spot that would normally go to a punter. Let that be occupied by somebody else. Yeah. But this year could be completely different for the Alouettes, and I'm I'm really curious to see how it all shapes out. Like, who who would they designate as the kicker? Who would they designate as the punter? Or do they decide? Okay, no, you got to do both and. Of the three guys that I mentioned, who ends up be, the, being the one who can do the double duty the best? Because right now, of the kickers, it's two of the three that are nationals? Going, going to the roster here. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Bernard Briere, who is a former Caribbean, and uh, David Cote, who was a former Rouge Or. Okay. Uh, Matt Mangle is, is American, so... Hmm. Again, it's... I, I don't know if nationality will play a factor yet. In it, I, I have to believe it would be more about uh, it would be more about you know who can do the double duties because I, I still have a very hard time believing they would actually keep two kickers on the roster. But like I said, this this whole year has been just everything everything that used to be has been thrown out the window. So who knows? Maybe this is the year they they decide to take a chance and go with two kickers, like a kicker and a punter, as opposed to someone who can do both. Maybe. I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh, defensively, uh, Patrick Levels seems to be stepping up and becoming the leader on the defense. And you'll love to see it. Yeah. You'll love to see it because that guy hits like a train. And he's so like so football smart. Like He sees the field everywhere. And you saw what kind of year he had in 2019. Like He was an all-star. And he performed at such a high level. Like he's a championship player. For, he was a championship player for the Calgary Stampeders. He knows what it takes to win, and he brought that attitude to Montreal. And I'm so thankful that he was able to come back because he, I believe, signed with Hamilton in 2020 as a free agent. Uh, once again, never saw the field as a Hamilton Tiger Cat. Ends up back in Montreal, and you, you see the way he's taking command of this defense. It's it's a thing of beauty, and I think. Uh, him playing alongside with uh, Mark Antoine Decoy, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch those guys just you know put the wood to people yeah. like like they're both very smart football players they they both see the field very well and they both know how all facets of the defense works. I'm I'm really curious to see just how that's going to work out in 2021. Uh, to me. The one thing that I haven't seen a whole lot of news on is the defensive line, because I know that was a big concern for the Alouettes because they had the worst pass rush in in 2019. I mean, when John Bowman, who at the time was 36 years old, when he's your best your best pass rusher. Right. Something's got to give. And to me, I want to see what uh, guys like Antonio Simmons, Nick Usher. I want to see what those guys can do. Uh, Benoit Marion, who's also a draft pick in 2020. Uh, I'm, I really want to see what he can do in camp. So it's very frustrating. Like there's a couple of guys that I really want to see in action for the first time. And I'm not hearing any news on them. So I don't know if that just means they're doing their job or just doing their job and not standing out. It's, it's really hard to say, you know, like it, it's like, are they living up to the hype that I think they deserve? I don't know. And without being able to convey that to say a media member to do my reporting for me, <laughs> Makes it a little hard. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're just we're just seeing the 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 press. There's the quick the quick press release that the team's putting out, which gives a, a little bit of a synopsis. So, and that's fine. I mean, yeah. like that's you know for the, for your average fan, that's okay. But as I said, like I I, I want more. I, I need more. I, I I want more information. I want to be able to see things with my own eyes. Yeah. And this year, it's just not happening, which is as I said, challenging. Yep, for, for but, sure. You know, like, again, we, we may not see these guys in action until 
was it August? No, uh, August twelfth. I, I think is the the first game against Edmonton. Uh, yeah, August fourteenth. Fourteenth. I'm sorry. So yeah, we we like I said all we can do is just speculate, which doesn't really answer any questions. I mean, I guess you know, like uh, like like the Elwoods can announce their final cuts, and like okay, well, uh, I guess that that's your starting safety, that's your starting defensive line, and so on and so forth. I'm like. Okay, I guess they're good. I guess if the team thinks they're good, then I guess that's fine. But, you know, like that's not really a, a, a way to gauge anything. <laughs> no, no, it is not. Um, for those who hadn't been following, uh, the the first cutdown date was just recently on the 19th. It was the training camp down to 75 players plus non-counters cutdown. I had to look up what the hell that was. Um, <laughs> and then July 30th, is the training camp final cuts at 10 p.m. Eastern. So, but I'm sure we will see cuts as we saw across the, you know, cuts are happening. You know, Kenny Steff, former Alouette Kenny Stafford, which just was released today by the Edmonton es- uh, Elks. Whoops. Almost did it. Em- Edmonton Elk. Um, Elks. Uh... But out of so far, out of curiosity, Cliff, you know, besides the one major injury that we've, that we, I thought we had two major injuries, but didn't only one of them show up on the, on the, uh, on the injured list, um, well, it, we've got uh, Ryan Carter. Who, yeah, uh, that that pulled, was one. Who was the other one that supposedly pulled a hand? Uh, well, it wasn't pulled a hand. It was tear, uh, tear the uh, Achilles. Yeah, the and Achilles. that was uh, Tio Redding. Oh, also okay, t- it was Tio Redding. Okay, okay, but he was. Yeah. But what I don't understand is that he was released. Well, he was probably released as a result of the injury. I mean, I'm sure he'll still get consideration but uh no but what i'm saying to you is in your opinion okay mm-hmm. now ryan carter gets hurt and he gets placed on the injured list taya redding gets hurt with the same exact thing and he gets released yeah what's what's not right there well, I don't know if it's necessarily a question of right or wrong, other than the fact that Ryan Carter has already been in the Alouette system. So like, I think the team has a, a fairly good idea of what they can expect out of him. Are they allowed to do that, though? I, 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 and anybody who knows the CBA, please tell me. Are they able to release guys, somebody who gets gets hurt? You know, and it, it wasn't before, was it before camp? It's on the cusp. And see, that's the thing. Like these uh, these workouts that were scheduled. Uh, I mean, being being allowed to access the facilities before training camp actually got underway. I think that's one of those at your own risk kind of scenarios. Mm, that's. I mean, it, it. Well, that's football for you. No, no, no. I, mean, I know, I know, I know. But, but I, it, to me, I think that's really what it came down to. Is they kind of know what they had with Ryan Carter because he did play for the Alouettes in 2019. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, liked him enough to bring him back for for the 2021 season, and then unfortunately, he has his Achilles injury. Uh, Tio Redding, I think this was his first year with the Alouettes, the first opportunity he had to actually come and participate. And it's just really unfortunate that that's essentially how his time with the Alouettes came to an end was being injured and then now ultimately released. But I mean, that does happen quite a bit with football too, as players get injured sometimes. Rather than occupy a roster spot, especially too if you your your roster and your training camp and your practice rosters aren't set yet. Yeah, you you sort of have to. I don't want to say trim the fat necessarily. I mean, it sounds kind of callous to say it that way, but unfortunately, they, yeah. But say in this circumstance, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, no. Listen, it, it is what it is. I mean, that's that's the unfortunate part of it. And I think too, the players understand that as well. I don't think like how many times have we seen like when a player gets released or cut or something like this happens, they'll, they'll say. It's the business. It's the business. And I, I think they realize that. I'm sure Tio Redding must realize that, too, with the circumstances that are before him. I mean, the only thing you can do at this point is just heal up, make sure everything, get yourself right, and then hopefully later on down the road, I mean, he's still a young man, too. So, I mean, he'll he'll have another chance to try out for the team again. And, you know, if if, yeah, if he's got the yeah, talent, yeah, the he'll, he'll, is he'll get In another 12 to 14 months, most likely. That's what I keep hearing when it comes to, to rehabbing when it comes to Achilles, Achilles, yeah, you're 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 looking at close to a year of uh, rehabilitation easily. Yeah, so, yeah. and that's the unfortunate part, especially too, like the the guys out in BC. Like, <laughs> there's four guys there that uh, blew out their Achilles, and 
yeah, but we won't see them for another year. At yeah, least. And it's just, one that's just, just the way it is. When one recently in camp, it happened to, right? So we've had four that were, was it five that, five, six? It was six that were right before camp and then one just recently. I'm trying to remember who it was. Yeah. In camp. They yeah. Did, I did mean, the exact same thing. Yeah, and it also happened in the NFL too. Uh, Cam Akers for the Los Angeles Rams yeah. also blew out his Achilles yeah, as well. Yeah, that's I mean, and right. that's a that's a guy they had really high hopes for. Yep. I mean, yep. and, and, and uh, again, training camp hasn't even officially started yet for the NFL either. Yeah, so, they, they start in a week. Yep. So I mean, like this was just another workout. I mean, the, sometimes these it wasn't even happen. OTAs. No, no, we're past that. Like we're I think it was like a, a voluntary mini camp or something like that. I mean, that's yeah. just. The, these things happen. Like you could just go to the gym like you normally would every mm-hmm. day and suffer an injury like that. Like right. it's just, it, it's just unfortunate. Like, I mean, you, you really have no control over some of these things. No, I know. It, and yeah, I mean, that, that's your, that's your season right there. Yeah. Um, of the other players from Montreal that have been released so far to date, because the CFL transaction page does have, as we're taping through the 21st of, of July, other than what we saw today with Eli Rogers, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if I would call that a surprise. I would call it a a name. If you follow NFL football, you you know who he is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I did because I'm a Steelers fan, so I, I I knew who he was. Right. Um. Any of the names surprise you? Uh, not really. Other than Dominic Bragalone, because again, he was also part of he was on the uh, practice roster in 2019. Uh, he was also one of those players that I think had had he been given the chance would have really done something. Uh, he was actually teammates with uh, Chris Fournier, who is a 2021 draft pick who is not going to be playing this year for the Alouettes. He's not in camp right now. Right. But I found it kind of interesting that he comes from the same. I think the two of them played together briefly for uh, Lehigh University in Pennsylvania. I figured, OK, that would be kind of an in for. You know, the opportunity for those two to work together again might have been a possibility, but uh, for whatever reason, Bragg alone just didn't quite make the cut. Uh, also, as, as as I was talking about earlier with the running back position, uh, I mean, Cameron Artis Payne and Jeshwin Antwi are, are they're, they're definitely looking, they're definitely making their case heard to be the backup for William Standback, and ultimately that means. Someone's got to go, and I guess in this case, uh, Bragalone just unfortunately was a victim of the numbers game. Mm-hmm. So, I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe let's not forget too, like players that get cut now if they're not injured. I wouldn't be surprised if they're told to stay in Canada, just stay ready in case something happens, in case there is a, an injury and they end up being invited back to camp. Right. I mean that that happened to uh, was it a couple of years ago to Antonio Pipkin. He was uh, in camp. Uh, for the Alouettes, end up getting hurt, end up being released, but was pretty much told stay ready. And sure enough, he got he got the call back when there was a couple more quarterback injuries. He came in, ended up helping the Alouettes win a couple of games, and now he's uh, backing up in uh, Toronto. Yep. Uh, so you just never know, folks. I mean, you see a player get released today, you think, oh, that's the end of the line for him. Not necessarily. I mean, football is a crazy game like that. Like it. You know, you get released one day, but then the stars align and you end up back back in the same camp or mm-hmm. someone else picks you up as well. So, I mean, if you've got the talent, someone will find a spot for you. That's pretty much how I've always looked at it is, you know, you can't hide talent. I mean, you know, if it's not the team that you're with, someone else may decide, oh, you know what? We need a running back. We yeah. need this, that and the other. And lo and behold, you end up signing with that team. That's yep, yep. sometimes just the way it works out. I know what you mean. Um Camp again. It's it's twice a day, usually twice a day. Today it was only one. It they only did uh, one. Today was only a one a day. Um, one a day. <laughs> instead of two a days, it was only once today. The multivitamin day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, supposedly the scrimmage is still scheduled for for this Saturday. It'll be interesting to see which players are, uh, you know, as they are released until we talk to you guys again how many which players are released which ones we may know um because as an example I and mean, we didn't mention this before even though uh, Crepinia was released he was snapped up immediately again this speaks to my point that just you have to stay ready because Winnipeg who 
I, I didn't realize this, but uh, Justin Medlock. Yep. Not with the team this year. Yep. I don't know if he actually took his retirement or just decided to opt out from not playing at all. I can't remember. I swear I think that he may have retired, but I can't remember. It's very possible. And uh, if that's the case, then uh, that opens things up big time for, for Winnipeg. In, as far as uh, the kicking goes, uh, they, had, they drafted a rookie kicker this year. And I'm not saying he was doing bad necessarily, but maybe they felt they need just wanted a little bit of that insurance policy. And in a case like that, then yeah, you're, you're wise to bring in a veteran like Krupinia, especially too, if for whatever reason it didn't work out in Montreal, this is a new opportunity for him. And it's kind of funny because Krupinia was a bit infamous for being a rough rider for a, for a time. And uh, now he's with the blue bombers. So that's a, a funny little wrinkle, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, but uh, so hey, I, that's the CFL, right? It is. And hey, good on Tyler for, you know, landing on his feet, essentially. So, I mean, like, what, he was unemployed for, what, 48 hours? If that. I mean, that's, hey, if that. That, that, that. That's not bad, folks. No. Nope. <laughs> really, truly, when you think about it. No. Nope. Um, anything that you're looking forward to? Obviously, we, we we would hope that the team will have the scrimmage open. But as I said, stay tuned to social media. Uh, anything yeah, that you I, yourself are looking forward to? Obviously, I know you're having your quote unquote writer writer's block, so to speak, because you're it's not the same for you with your with your uh, with your uh, your your blog and not being able to write your you know your your preview. But anything that, or is it just a matter of like everybody else? Because we can't sit there, no preseason games. We're just living life vicariously through everybody else at the moment. Pretty much. I mean, I I, I kind of look at it as like you know trying to trying to survive on table scraps. I mean, that's, and again, it's not a knock on the organization. I mean, like I said, I understand why things are the way they are. It just, as I said, it makes it challenging to really, truly try to wrap my head around the team and try to really get a feel for everything. Yeah. I mean, that to me is, that's, that to me is the frustrating part is because I, I, I do pride myself on being, a, a, you know, as connected as possible with this team. And, yeah being able to provide others with as much information as possible, at least letting people see things through my eyes. And the members of the media that are there, I know they're they're doing what they can to, because apparently they're, they're kind of going through a similar thing as far as being very limited to what they can do versus what they've been able to do in the past. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying it's tough for everybody. Like, it's not like I'm being singled out or anything like that. I don't feel that way at all. It's just, it's a crummy situation. And I think everybody's just trying to deal with it as best as they can. And, I think really truly that's all you can do. I mean, it's frustrating because I would love to be able to do more and be able to talk about it, whether it's here on the podcast or in my blog or anything like that. I don't feel like I can do it quite the way I should be able to do it. So that's, that's kind of tough for me, but mm-hmm. I, I really think it's just one of those things like, okay, it's not going to be like this forever. It can't be like this forever. It, it really can't. So you just have to sort of roll with it the best you can and, as it, make it work. Even if we're only getting little snippets of information, fine. That's If that's how it's got to be, that's how it's got to be. I'm hoping and praying that at the 11th hour they decide, you know what? If, if we do this scrimmage at Percival Molson, what the hell? Open it up. Make it clear. Like, I'm sorry. You can't go talk to the players like you normally would be able to do. Y'all are going to have to sit six feet apart, blah, 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 whatever the case may be. But, I mean, if they can open things up and let – let the fans in to take a look at things, see the kind of progress that's being made thus far. Uh-huh. To me, I, I just don't see a negative to it. I don't see any sort of disadvantage or something like that. If anything, it's just going to whet that appetite for football. I mean, the Alouettes have been you know, fastidious as far as r- reminding everybody, you want to be part of this team, you got to be you know in the stadium when the regular season gets underway. Well, to me, this is the best way to sell season tickets or even single game tickets, as as it were, yeah. is to let the fans see what's doing. Because, again, there is no preseason games. So normally that would be sort of the uh, the dress rehearsal, the, exactly. the, the opportunity for the team to showcase themselves as best as possible, to try and convince you to go ahead and take that plunge and become a season ticket holder. Exactly. They don't have that this year. Nope. So there's there's really nothing other than well we hope you show up kind of thing like that's uh, that's well, not really going to well, stoke the fires for a lot of people. Well we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, do not forget if you're looking to support the the podcast in any way, you can head over to our merchandise store. It's at teespring.com/stores/als/flight deck. Uh, got a quite a few things that are there. 
Uh, us being in uh, uh, football mode, expect us to be back next week. We've got a couple of things lined up. And also, I'm just going to go ahead and let it slip now. Stay tuned. Opening week, even though the Alouettes do not play, stay tuned for the opening week of uh, the CFL season. We are going to have a giveaway. So stay tuned. Oh, my gosh. That's right. I know. Can we do that? I think so, considering what we currently have. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. It's been okay. Elvis well, stuff's been waiting a year. Um, it's so, true. I mean, we, we, we're bursting at the seams practically. I so, know. I mean, like, yeah, I, I, like, folks, you know how excited we are about football and how, how happy we are. No matter – despite everything we've talked about in this episode – we, we, we're excited to get football back. We're excited to see our Alouettes take the field and and ball out. And exactly. I know you guys are too. And like I said, just like even though this, this, things are a little bit weird right now, at least we still have football. At the end of the day, we're still going to get football in 2021. And we, we got to appreciate that at least. Exactly. So stay tuned for us for next week. Uh, we will be, uh, uh, as I said, we will be. Uh, taping the the podcast again, but stay tuned for any other updates on social media. And uh, hey, maybe the Alouettes will open up the stadium for the for the thing. Fingers crossed. We'll see. So everybody here at the Alouettes Flight Deck for Cliffy D. I'm Tim Capper. Ron, final approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.